to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia. Welcome to the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Another round here for Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so. Large device or small, uh, whatever your podcatcher of choice is, GPB, GPB gpb.org, the GPB Sports app, available iOS and Android. A lot of different ways that you can catch up with me and Hannah on a weekly basis. And you'll notice that it's a close-up this week for those of you who are watching on the YouTube channel. So it is a close-up of me. And I apologize up front for not wearing any makeup or anything like that. And since my hair is going about 95 different directions, what else is new? I'm here. Hannah is not. Hannah is joining us virtually. Hannah, what's going on? I'm sorry for everyone watching that it's just John this week. (laughs) (laughs) I am calling in from St. Simons Island, Georgia, on the coast, doing our early baby moon to get it out of the way. And we had 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 a weekend. We left early Saturday morning. Got here about 10 a.m. on on Saturday and just trying to spend the weekend, coming back tomorrow and just take some time to relax before these two girls get here. But I checked in, checked in with some coast teams and looks like Brunswick beat Islands, mm-hmm. Ware, Coffee, Benedictine all got big W's. Yep. So wanted to give the coast a shout out. While I'm here, John. Yep. Brunswick knocked off Islands 41-6. Reese Simmons, 92 yards and a touchdown on 13 carries. Ware County, a big win over Bainbridge, 42-15. We talked about this game last week on uh, Countdown to Kickoff and on uh, the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast as one of the games to look at. Jeff Littleton and Bainbridge. Right now, uh, Ware County. Uh, Cartevius Norton, remember when we had Jason Strickland on the show earlier this year, Hannah? He was one of the guys Mm -hmm. that was mentioned, 125 yards and a score on 10 carries. Thomas Castellanos had a big night. I think we say that sentence pretty much every week, 18 to 27 for 335. (laughs) 42 points on the board for uh, Ware County as they knock off Bainbridge. Coffee shuts out Glen Academy by the score of 42 to nothing. Justin Swords, 11 to 19 for 190. Maurice Turner. 156 yards of total offense and three scores, so a big win for Coffee. Benedictine beat Wayne County last Thursday, 51-7. And so it's a big game that we'll be talking about in a little bit this upcoming week between a couple of the schools that we've already mentioned. So some big stuff going on down there on the coast and also in uh, single A as well. So that was your, your coastal update. Hannah, what else is on your mind? Have you ever been to St. Simon's, John? Uh, I've yeah, actually I have, and went out there for a couple of years ago uh, when Rocky Hidalgo, remember, uh, was uh, almost like a guide for us after uh, Hurricane Matthew. We went down and, and did mm-hmm. some coverage about the the damage on St. Simon's and. Uh, how Glen Academy was tied to to helping folks on St. Simons get back on their feet again. So I've I've been down there covering news. I haven't been to St. Simons to play golf or anything or or stare at the water like you are. (laughs) That is exactly what I'm doing. We spent about five hours on the beach yesterday. And it's a a good thing that I'm not on video either because I'm purple. I underestimated the sun and I'm very, very sunburned. Wow. (laughs) Purple. That's a new shade. I've never heard of that color. Day. I've never heard of that color associated with a sunburn before. So that just me must be a class act. Is solar cane your best friend and aloe? Are they your best friends? Yes, aloe. Aloe. It's just a weird time to come down to the beach. You know, it's going into fall and so you're and then you come down to the come down to the sun and the waves and sneaks up on you. 
<laughs> as it apparently has for you. And so when you come back in and uh, on countdown to kickoff on mm-hmm. Thursday, so we get to see the evidence of it, right? Yeah, hopefully it'll hopefully it'll soak in by then. But right. let's take a look back at our football Friday game of the week. Okay. Uh two of the top teams in seven A, West Forsyth and Mill Creek. We're going at it. Hawks beat the Wolverines 38 to 10 to go four and zero on the year. We thought this one was going to be an offensive affair, John, but really it came down to special teams. Sakai Wimby blocked two field goals. The second was returned 97 yards for a touchdown right before the half that basically blew the sails out of West Forsyth. So Milk Creek held them to just 40 yards rushing, Mm. which was unbelievable. What were your thoughts on the game? You were back on the sidelines this week. So, what did you see? No, you're right there. I think it was as West Forsyth was driving down for a possible leading score right before the half, about a minute to go, and then it's setting up for the game-tying field goal at that point. You want to talk about a momentum change? That scoop mm-hmm. and score off of the block sends it down the other way, 17-7, then at the half, and then they uh, Mill Creek outscores West Forsyth 21-3 to in the third quarter. They just put the pedal down at that point. Big, uh, big night for Caleb Downs on every – side of the ball, offense, defense, and special teams. And I think we're going to be getting a good dose of that. And you got to see just how stout the Mill Creek defense is as well. Big win for uh, Coach Lovelady to get them to 4-0. And don't be surprised if uh, when the GPB poll comes out in the next little bit that Mill Creek continues to stay number two in the 7A poll. Next up, they've got Grayson, who is four and one. Mm-hmm. Speaking of poll shakeups, mm-hmm. let's take a look back at week five matchups and the top games that I was looking at. Seven A Cartersville, they got another big win at Wineman Stadium yep. over Five A Cherokee. Twenty four to fourteen was the final in that one. The Purple Hurricanes now go four zero on the year, John. Also, another one in six A. And for those that watched the post game show, Stan Autry was at Tom Ryden to see Buford lose to Shamanad Madonna out of Florida, one of the top teams in their their AAA classification, seven nothing. So it was a big defensive game there. And I think that you'll, if you're Coach App and everybody at Buford, you're going to take that tape, you're going to learn from it because a lot of folks are going to sit there and say, all right, well, you know, Buford, we anticipated they were going to be making it to the last game of the year. Coach mm-hmm. App and the staff can sit there and say, okay, well, we have a lot to learn from, especially from this game against an out-of-state opponent, a very tough out-of-state opponent, if we're going to get back to the last game of the year. Yeah, John, that was a wild one. It was the first time you forgot shut out at home since 1998 and the first time overall since 2015. So I don't know who scheduled the number one team in Florida's 3A, but, you know, sometimes you just got to power through. I don't know if anyone wants to keep playing the champs, Buford, because they're just beating up on everybody. So you got to go out of state. Another big game, 5A Blessed Trinity battled back against single-A Private Elka to win by a field goal 24-21. to John, the Chargers led 21 to nothing in the first quarter. So is this an upset? Not necessarily. I mean, because we, when you look at Eagles Landing Christian, and Justice Haynes had 356 yards on the ground, and we're anticipating these kind of numbers from him this season. If you're Jonathan Guess and Eagles Landing Christian, what you're having to do since you only have two region games. Our Lady of Mercy was in their region. They dropped to play seven-man football, and so you only have two region games. So Eagles Landing Christian is having to navigate a season with eight non-region games, and you're having to play up in class pretty much all the time, and you're going to end up with these games against the Blessed Trinity. So, you know, when on October 1st, Trinity Christian plays Eagles Landing Christian, it's probably going to be a battle of one versus two in Class A private, but Jonathan Guess and the Chargers challenging themselves because they have to coming into mm-hmm. a, you know, region play, which is going to be like two weeks. And, oh, by the way, here's the playoffs. 
So uh, <laughs> you know, you're challenging yourself here against a team like BT, and it looks like BT has is, is come to full song. But I am looking forward to October 1st with Trinity Christian and Eagles Landing Christian. In South Georgia, Tift won the 2021 version of the Cornbread Bowl, defeating Irwin go. 16 to 14. That was another really close one, John. Yeah, and it's it's fun to see these two schools that are separated by about 25 minutes, if my math is correct. The last time I drove that one, and uh, Tift uh, had to come from behind in this one to to get the Duke. And you know, Noel Dean is down there in his first year for the the Tift program. And region play is going to be very, very tough for him. But once again, you're in a mini region. They're in one seven A, and you're having to schedule these games that are, you know, geographically close to you, and try to find opponents here. And you know, Irwin County more than happy to step in and sit there and and do the Cornbread Bowl one more time. But toward the end, Tiff County got the Duke sixteen fourteen. So a, a big regional win in the sense of non-region play for Tift and Noel Dean for that program. Irwin County takes that when they drop to two and two, and we'll talk about their opponent coming up after the interview as to what they've got next week. Not a poll shakeup, more like a poll confirmation. In Central Georgia, the number one team in five A flexed its muscle again, again, beating Houston County forty nine to nine. Huge numbers, John. Yep, Malcolm Brown for one fifty and two on ten carries. Uh, Kristen Lane seven to seven passing for eighty eight uh, for eighty eight yards and two scores. Only 150 yards passing, but when you're out of the blocks 35 nothing against Houston County, then that's a pretty stout start, and you just kind of go from there. So first five scores on the board go to Warner Robins and Coach Westbrook, and they took care of business by 40 by the end of the night. And I had to throw this in there. Here's my bonus game. Lassiter? Lassiter. There you go. <laughs> They go two and three on the year with a big win over Wheeler, 27 to 21 on television. Mm -hmm. This was televised. Good job, Trojans. And I'm trying to see off the top of my head going through all of my grid as to what Lakeside may or may not have done. I think Cherokee Bluff was their opponent. And yes, 56 nothing. Cherokee Bluff knocked off Lakeside. So that's your alum report here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Uh, We got a guest. We do have a guest. Mm-hmm. So, and this is where we're, right. this is where we're sitting here and looking at each other, going, "Okay, so who's going to toss to the guest?" <laughs> but since I'm not there, you toss to the guest. Then, John. I'll, then I'll do that. Oconee County made it to the last game of the year, one of the great games that we had at Georgia State last season before losing the AAA championship to Pierce County in overtime. We caught up with the head coach of the Warriors of Oconee County up there in Watkinsville, Travis Nolan, to get his early view on his four zero start and the 2021 season, and what it's like to be a proud dad. All right, Coach. Uh, obviously, since we believe in chivalry on this show, that means that ladies go first. The first question will come from Hannah. Hannah, what's on your mind with Coach Nolan this week? Thanks, John. Hey, Coach Nolan. You are now 4-0 and on the year, a 20-6 to win over Thomasville at home in Watkinsville on Friday. Tell us about that game and what was the big di- biggest difference. Well, I think that, um, you know, it was a really close, hard-fought game for most of the game, and um, we were fortunate we got some breaks um, that, you know, we had a interception return for a touchdown, which was big because we were having a hard time moving the ball on them. They are very good defensively, and uh, probably the biggest difference in the game was their, their starting quarterback didn't play, and uh, he's really a terrific player. So, And the thing with – schedules these days is that because of what you've built there at Oconee County, 
The question that I want to ask you, and it's a question that a lot of coaches who are successful here in the state of Georgia are running into these days, when it comes to non-region games, Zach Grage at Thomasville will play anybody, anyplace, anywhere, anytime, twice on Tuesday and out on 316 if he has to. How difficult is it for you to schedule non-region games this year, considering what you've built over the last handful of years? Uh, you know, it's it's tough, and what you got to be smart is, you know, even though we have a great program, we're not going to, um, you know, extend ourselves into playing some 7A schools where they have just tremendous numbers, and especially early when you're still working on getting into playing shape and that kind of thing. But, but we also like to play really good people, and uh, that's why we've made the trip to Thomasville. That's why we uh, are going to veterans this week. So I think every year we try to find one or two of those games where you have to travel a good distance in case you have to do it in the playoffs. It's something that your team has already done. Yeah, three non-region games under your belt already. One more. You mentioned veterans this Friday. I guess preview that game for me, and how is that going to springboard you into your your region battle here? One, two, three, four, five region games in a row. So preview veterans for yeah. us. Uh, they're a very good team. You know, people look at people's records sometimes, but they've played some quality opponents and they've been really close in some games um, that, you know, they they very easily could have won. And so we know it's going to be a a huge challenge for us to travel down to Warner Robins to play those guys. And we're expecting them to play very well. And, you know, they're a big physical football team. So it'll be a, be a great challenge for us, but it's one that, um, you know, we hopefully will, get prepared for and go down there and and see if we can play with those guys what did you learn about yourself as a coach and what did Oconee County learn about itself as a staff say over the last 18 months I know that the the 2020 season you got to the last game of the year but what did you guys learn about yourselves as a staff with everything that's been going on the last year and a half uh, well I mean I didn't learn anything I already knew that we had some great people that are in our program, you know, as far as coaches go. And, um, you know, we never, we, we just chose from day one in the pandemic, even when we were having a little zoom meetings, we were still stuck at our houses that whenever we got back together, we were not going to let that be an excuse for why we couldn't achieve. Um, you know, we went through all the proper protocols and procedures every day, but we never once spoke of it. Uh, as an excuse or a reason or we practiced everybody at every position from the first day we could get together in that summer to just in case we had some um, you know some people that got contact traced out and so we just tried to work through it and it took a lot of focus and commitment on our coaches part but uh, we knew I knew and I'm very blessed as a head coach to be surrounded by so many quality people and coaches in our program. Well, through it all, you got to the 3A title game against Pierce. You lost in OT last year. You also made it to the finals in 2019 in the Quad A championships. What's it going to take to get over that hump and, and win one this year, Coach? <laughs> well, we got to get to the playoffs first. And, uh, you know, we've never <laughs> looked at the end results of anything. I think that uh, we try to really focus on each and every day and each week of trying to get better and be the best that we can be. And, you know, you got to have a lot of good fortune and stay healthy to have a chance to, to get that far. And, you know, I wish I had an answer as to what it took to get over the hump. I'm going to write a book one day about how not to win a state championship, <laughs> I guess. So uh, I don't know, it. but I know it, I know it's really, really hard to get there. And, um, 
But right now we're just focused on trying to be better than we were last Friday because we know we've got a huge challenge in front of us uh, when we go to veterans. What have you learned about yourself in each game this season? You know, coming out of the blocks, there's probably that one lingering message from each of the games that have been on your board this year. What have you learned about yourself, I guess, each time out in the four wins that you've gotten this season? Well, we knew. I mean, we we were, we graduated uh, five starters off of our defense that are all in the two-deep roster of the colleges they went to uh, as freshmen this year. So you don't just snap your fingers and replace really good players like that. So, you know, we feel like our defense, which we pride ourselves on in today's football, it's all about scoring points and and big, you know, big offensive production. But we pride ourselves on playing great defense here at, at Oconee County and being physical on both sides of the ball. But we feel like each and every week we've gotten a little better uh, on offense. And then to be physical, you got to improve up front on the offensive line each and every week. And we feel like, um, you know, we replaced three linemen up front from last year as well. So we feel like those areas are continuing to get better uh, each week. And Again, that's what playing good people do for you. You have to uh, you have to improve as you go, uh, or you it doesn't doesn't turn out too well for you. You've got a pretty stacked roster. Tell us about some of your top playmakers. Well, we uh, you know Darius Johnson, um, who had a big night the other night against Thomasville, is to me one of the most underrated uh, recruited players in in all of Georgia. Um, because he is such a good high school football player. He makes plays for us both offensively and defensively uh, every Friday night. And uh, But he also is involved in every phase of the kicking game, and he never comes off the field. So I think he's a tremendous player. Of course, Jake Johnson, our tight end, who's committed to LSU as a terrific player. And uh, those two are two of the hardest-working guys in our program. And you know, Jacob Wright's a returning quarterback who continues to improve, and and um, he does a lot for us offensively. And then we got Thomas Waters as a as a three year starter at offensive guard, who's a terrific leader and hard worker in our program. So those are some of the guys that stand out. And then we got some young guys that are really coming on and uh, starting to, you know, make a name for themselves as being, uh, you know, really good players. So is there any truth to the rumor that everyone with the last name of Johnson is heading to Baton Rouge from Oconee County? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of truth to that, yeah. <laughs> when And I'll go ahead and ask the, the follow-up here, Hannah, because you'd mentioned a lot of guys, and you mentioned Darius specifically. As a part of our Recruiting 2021 show, we have a segment at the end of the show called Make That Kid an Offer, and it's for the undervalued, the overlooked, someone who might not be getting the offers that you think this particular student athlete should be getting. They're the whole package academically in the community, athletically. Sounds like Darius would be in that category. Is there anyone else of the, of the folks that you mentioned in addition to Darius that would fit into that make that kid an offer segment for us at GPB? No, I think he's definitely a great candidate for that because, uh, like I said, he's he started for three years, going all the way back to uh, when he was a sophomore. He played all 15 games of that state championship team and uh, or state championship runner-up team. And if you watch him from all the way from his sophomore year until today, uh, every big game he plays big. And I think that's what good football players do. And uh, you know, I just think he's uh, he's just there's a lot of people missing the boat. And they got a Georgia State offer last week. 
uh, which is his biggest oh, nice. offer to date. Nice. But uh, but I really think he's a kid because he's a great kid. And like I said, he shows up. We practice at 6 a.m. every morning, and uh, he shows up every single day with a smile on his face, and uh, he's one of the hardest workers in our, in our program. We also do make that kid a better offer, so I will put his name in the hat for sure. Tell us, what is it like coaching in Watkinsville? Oh, it's uh, it's a great place to live and raise a family, obviously, because of, um, you know, we have such a terrific school system, both us and North Oconee, and all the feeder schools are terrific. And, uh, you know, you've got Athens just right down the road for, you know, anything you want to eat and shop for and the University of Georgia close by. And, but it's that. a really, really unique place uh, to live and, and and it's a great place to live but then you know from an athletic standpoint um you know both high schools are really really good at just about every program um you know and that's that's unique you know i know there's a lot of places that are football schools or basketball schools or soccer schools and when you come to oconee county with either end of the county you know both both high schools have terrific overall athletic programs so with that comes a lot of support you know no doubt great great support absolutely when you have an athlete that is as highly touted as a tight end who is six five and probably about 255 pounds how difficult is it to make sure that any athlete that is recruited in a program from your perspective continues to focus on the task at hand and doesn't get sidetracked by you know any kind of star rating or any kind of uh, recruiting. How difficult is that to to get kids to focus on the task at hand uh, these days? It's not very. It's not very difficult here because uh, we we work really hard on keeping them humbled on on a daily basis. And you know we're fortunate to have good kids who really buy into team and not me. And uh, you know going you know Max Johnson was the same way. Zeb Nolan the same way. I mean these guys really uh, put the team before themselves and. Um, you know, it's a great culture that we have here when it comes to that stuff. Because if you look, we got a lot of guys playing college football all over the country right now. I think we got 17 on active rosters in like, I think it's six or eight states. So uh, we got guys playing everywhere. We got some in Texas, some in uh, South Dakota. We got them in Virginia Tech, Richmond, uh, Northern, I- uh, Northern Illinois. I mean, we've got guys that are willing to go and play in a lot of places. And uh, so they all. They all know that if we all have success, then their individual opportunities are going to come. My last question for you, Coach, with four games under your belt, what are you working on in practice right now to just keep that undefeated momentum going? Well, we just, you know, we're still a long way away from playing, you know, really, really good football. We play good in spurts, and then we go through spurts where we, you know, whether it's foolish penalties backing us up or, you know, drop balls or, or different things that, that keep us from, you know, being where we want to be. But it's still four games in. And, you know, the one thing that we've learned by going to back-to-back state championships is it's a long, hard season. And uh, you got to take it one day at a time. And and uh, so we're worried about how we play in late October, early November, more than we are, you know, weeks one through four. So we're still working, trying to, to get better at, at everything that we do uh, on the field. So far, wins over North Oconee, Cedar Shoals, Clark Central, and Thomasville veterans coming up. Region play in Region 8 AAA is East Jackson, Hart County with Rance Gillespie, and they're putting up a lot of points so far. At home against Monroe area, Stevens County away, and then Franklin County wraps up 
your season at home as Carnesville comes to you. There's one other question that I wanted to ask, and it has to do with a particular quarterback at South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. What were those conversations like? I mean, did did uh, did Zeb call you up and just sit there and say, you know, you won't believe this? What were those conversations no. <laughs> like? No, actually, I've told this story a bunch, but, you know, he called me on a Saturday morning early, you know. Uh, it was their first scrimmage, and, and we were in the middle of preseason. It was hot, and he's like, Dad, we're scrimmaging day at 4 o'clock. Won't you come? I said, Dad, I am not driving to Columbia to watch a scrimmage <laughs> at 4 o'clock. I'm not doing that. He's like, no, Dad, I really, I really need you to come. I need to talk to you. We were talking about a 24-year-old that's been gone for six years, you know, that has never said something like that. And I could tell in his voice, I was like, ooh, I better go. I told my wife, I said, I don't know what's up, whether this is not working or he's not happy. You know, I said, I better go down there. So I drive down there, and I stand there, and I'm sweating through every pore of my body watching that scrimmage <laughs> for two and a half hours, you know. And, and so when it was over, he walks over. And, and to be honest with you, Dodie had already been hurt, and so there's – quarterbacks really struggled that day and he, he walked up to me and said what do you think i said Ooh, i've got a ways to go he's like yeah i know he said i wanted to know what you thought and i said well why do you care what i think i mean you know he's a coach and he's like well that they they've asked me to play like dodie's hurt and they said that they could get me through the clearing house i still got a year's eligibility what do you think so we had to start walking to my truck because he had to go straight to meetings right after. And you wanted to go into the air conditioning. Yeah, and so we're walking to my truck, and we and I just, you know, we were just talking small talk. And we got to the truck, and he said, well, what do you think? And I said, well, Zeb, listen, if you, if, you know, if this thing goes sideways, like it don't work and, you know, whatever, if you're not able to, stay as a GA and coach, then to me it's not worth it because, you know, you want to coach and you, you left North Coast State because you want to go ahead and start your career. I would hate for you for you to miss on that, um, you know, to play for two weeks, three weeks, of, you know, of the season. So I left it at that. I'm driving home. I got to about Augusta, and it dawned on me just like, dude, he wasn't wanting you to talk him out of it. He's really looking for your blessing. <laughs> You know, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And so I texted him and I said, hey, if this is what you really want to do, what you got to lose, go for it. And he texts back in about six seconds. I knew he was going to stab me and watch a film. And he said, I'm going to do it. And so that's how it happened. And that's how it went down. And uh, then two weeks later, he calls me and says, Dad, actually, he showed up at our uh, our Cedar Shoals game by surprise. They were still in camp. And Coach Beamer let him drive up. And, uh, he walked up to me and said, I'm going to be starting next week. I said, are you serious? <laughs> That's said, crazy. Yeah. He, said, he said, I'm going to be starting, but they're not going to announce it till, uh till next week. And I said, well, that's awesome. I'm happy for you. So and he gets to Georgia, and he's all excited about getting to play there and got his hand stepped on in the first drive and got about six stitches in there with a big, nice bruise. And so when they, they had to numb it to clean it out to put the stitches in there and once they did that, he couldn't feel the ball to grip it. So, anyhow, that's how that went down, and uh, we're very proud of him, happy for him. You know, he's been playing with house money for a couple of weeks, and we'll see what happens where it goes from here. Well, Coach, thanks for hanging out with us and, and pulling back the curtain on what it's like to to be a proud papa of a college quarterback and everything going on there at Oconee County. Great start to your season so far there at 4-0. you got veterans coming up this week. Thanks for being a part of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast with Hannah and myself. We'll be keeping an eye and hope to catch up with you down the road. 
Well, we, we appreciate you having us on. Thank you for what you guys do for high school sports. I saved the best question for last for you, John, asking about <laughs> Zeb. What a great storyline. And you could just hear in his voice how proud he is of him and just being a dad. That yeah. Is- yeah, I thought that was really, really cool when you kind of get to see what it was like for for him to get the news, to drive to Columbia, to stare at, to stare at that scrimmage, see what what it's like there for Zeb and to see what Zeb has been doing for uh, South Carolina this season. It's really cool to get Coach Nolan's perspective on what's going on down there at the fairgrounds. Gamecocks are 2-1 and one with wins over Eastern Illinois, East Carolina. Of course, they lost to Georgia on Saturday. That was a, a pretty Everybody's tough one. Everybody's losing to, to the University of Georgia so far this year. <laughs> I know. Next up is Kentucky, so we'll see if those stitches can heal and he can he can get back in. Well, we are back at it on Friday. This Football Friday in Georgia's broadcast, we return to Cobb County for the Class 7A showdown between Roswell and Walton. Roswell's 4-0 and has been an offensive juggernaut behind quarterback Robbie Roper mm-hmm. this year. He's thrown for 1,420 29 yards, 19 TDs. The Hornets have not scored fewer than 40 points in a game and are coming off a 41 to 21 win over Campbell. Walton, on the other hand, is two and one coming off a bye week after they lost 51 35 to West Forsyth. The Hornets lead the series 17 to 16 and have won the last three meetings, including a 23 to 17 win in 2020 kickoff is set for 7:30. I'm really excited about this game, John. Yep, Robbie Roper is one of Matt Stewart's make that kid an offer uh segments that we've had so far in recruiting 2021 this year and you're seeing Robbie Roper putting up the numbers that he has. Roswell and Coach Pruitt out of the blocks a 20-point win against the Spartans this past week. So it's 4 and 0 at Raider Valley. Raider Valley Walton 2 and 1. It's going to be a really good game with uh, Roswell and Walton going at it. So it's going to be fun to catch up with our friends at Raider Valley for this one on Friday night for the Football Fridays in Georgia Game of the Week. Yep, I'll be back in studio. Matt and Wayne will be in Studio E right across so, from so me. So you're not going to be, be you're not going to be doing the game from there. You're not going to be setting up the the Eastern Remote Studio this week for you. You know, I thought about it. I, I thought about it. I was like I could post the show via Opal <laughs> and Zoom. I was like, you know, I could do it. We don't, it's not like we need prompter. We don't use a prompter. You know, I can I can whip up my own makeup really quick. It might not be polished, but I think it would be incredibly entertaining. An incredible backdrop as well. Yeah, it'd be gorgeous. Ocean in the background, sand and wind. I like to think. All of Maybe the, I'll just all like of the waves lapping that. up against the coast <laughs> and all the sand. With you and I'll just channel John that during the, dogs the broadcast. Channeling that the entire time. Yeah. Okay. So I, I see how you're oh, working. Oh, yeah. I dogs are here. Yeah. Dogs are there. All dogs right. so are here. I see how you're Luna working. Luna and Jack are here. Uh huh. <laughs> All right. What other games are on your board, John? All of them, as always. No. Um, when you look at games that I'm staring at, obviously, you, you know, in entertainment, you know, music, there, there's always, or in sports, there's always one name. There's Madonna, you know, there's mm-hmm. Tiger. There's Jack. Mm-hmm. There's Arnie. Drake. Drake. In high school football, there's Wintersville. Wintersville mm-hmm. Classic is this week. Lowndes and Valdosta. Yes. Valdosta one and three, and it's at the Concrete Palace. One and three against two and two. And I'm going to say this right now on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. The winner of this game 
I'm going to track down and see if we can have them as our guest on next week's show, one and three and two and two, Wintersville Classic. Also, you've got Warner Robins and Lee County, another heavyweight uh, game that's going to be at the MAC, four and zero versus five and zero. Ware County at Benedictine, so that one's going to be at Memorial Stadium in Savannah. Ware County near the top in five A, right behind Warner Robins, going up against two and two Benedictine. Coffee hosting Camden County at Jardine in Douglas. That's one to, to look at. Uh, Coach Nolan mentioned Oconee County and veterans, and that's going to be in central Georgia at Freedom Field. You've been to Freedom Field, so you know what kind of a venue that's going to be. Uh, Pierce County hosting Fitzgerald, three the one of the top teams in AAA in Pierce County at 3-1. and one. After knocking off Clinch this past week, they host Fitzgerald, 3-1, and 4-0. and oh. We'll keep an eye on that one as well. And those are just some of the... Some of the early returns, you've got Clinch and Charlton in the region of Doom. Irwin and Brooks out of the blocks in the region of Doom in single A. Region 2 opener, Brooks at Irwin, 2-1 and one and 2-2, two and two, one versus 2 in single A public. That's going to be a heavyweight matchup, Hannah. Yeah, there's some big ones in week 6. Cannot believe it, week 6, we're almost done with September. Almost ready for fall ball and more huge matchups. Coming up this Friday, we also have recruiting 2021. Do not forget every Friday at seven o'clock and I am lining up my zoom interview as we speak. So we'll be able to announce that who I'm going to talk to very soon. Go for it. Sounds great. And uh, always good to catch you up with the, the interviewer, the stars and all the hot stories and everybody who is paying attention to the recruiting world and why certain athletes have chosen to go certain directions and things like that and understand their senior seasons as they're getting ready for uh, the next stage of their college careers. So it's always it's always fun to, to hear you kind of uh, ask the, the important questions. You had Oscar Delp last week, the star tied in for West mm-hmm. Forsyth, who was clamped down by the, the Mill Creek defense and what's what Oscar Delp is looking into when it comes to, to his next school. But to always have these interviews, very, very cool that you're catching up with all these guys every single week on Recruiting 2021. Yeah, and as we get later into the season, it becomes more serious. I mean, you just mentioned all these big games and all these guys are showing out for the scouts and people are watching and we've got it, we've got to get we've got to get more offers on the board before it's too late. So this is a really important segment and I'm really passionate about getting these guys' names out there and and then of course talking to the big name recruits as well that already have offers. So um, everybody can send in their submissions too for make that kid an offer at GPB sports to the email GPB sports at gpb.org and let us know everything about these particular student athletes everything on the field off the field community grades test scores statistics all of that stuff and always and always update us on all of the numbers and so let us know every single thing that we need to know about these student athletes here in the state of Georgia so we can showcase them A to the rest of the state, B to colleges so they can certainly try to uh, get their wares done at the, the next level. So make that kid an offer. Send us an email with all the important information, Sports at gpb.org. I think I've kept you long enough from uh, your, your beach travels, haven't I? I, I need to get back to the beach. I actually came up from the beach, so I'm a little. Uh, okay, little I see how this sandy. works. So There's you come sand in the brain today. The, so you come <laughs> up from the beach. You come up yeah. from the beach just to hang out here with, with all of uh-huh. us for just a little bit, and then you're going back to the beach. I see how this works. Absolutely, absolutely. So I dusted dusted the sand off the brain, and then 
just going to call it a day. So. so, all right. So we're going to call it a day for this version of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Thanks again to head coach Travis Nolan of the Oconee County Warriors for uh, helping us out and pulling back the curtain on what's going on up there in Watkinsville. Thanks to Jahi the Magnificent, the outlaw Jesse, and King James as well for making the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast everything that it is every single week. For those of us here at Georgia Public Broadcasting, remember Football Fridays in Georgia, recruiting 2021, 7 o'clock, 7.30, game of the week. It is Roswell and Walton. For Hannah Good, and I'm just John. Play it safe, everybody. Enjoy the games. to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia.